0: This is Sound Awake on SAFM.
1: So let's get into our wellness corner then. Our time, 34 minutes past four, talking the importance of traditional African medicine. The use of traditional African medicine is often treated with suspicion. But experts say these need to be explored more. Professor Ngaiba Kaileni from the University of KwaZulu-Natal has called on government to appoint a new traditional practitioner's council after the previous one's term expired. He says government needs to move quickly to implement policies that will help safeguard the health of those who use traditional medicines. He joins us now to unpack his sentiments. Professor Ngaiba Kaleni, Head for Discipline of African Traditional Medicine at the University of KwaZulu-Natal. A very good morning to you, Professor. Good morning,
0: Cassandra, and to your listeners. Thank you very much for inviting me.
1: It's our pleasure. Thank you for, for making time for us this early morning. We've got mm. tra- African Traditional Medicine Day coming up on the 31st of August. And these are obviously issues that need to be highlighted, not just on the day, but moving forward. The Ministry of African Traditional Medicine, what has it done so far for you to call for there to be a new traditional practitioner's council after the this one's term has expired?
0: No, there's no Ministry for Traditional Medicine. <clears throat> It's the Ministry of Health, um, and uh, it's part of the problem that traditional medicine encounters is that it's it's always um, it's like a, what's the word? Uh, it's like a tree, you know, where you plug another tree on it, you know, like an apple tree, you plug an orange, uh, and hope that it will survive. Hmm. So. And in the, in in the within the Ministry Department of Health, I think traditional medicine is really overlooked or underlooked. Is that the right word? Mm-hmm. So there was a council appointed uh, in 2013. It served its term, and, and since then there's been no council appointed. That whose responsibilities look after the practice and the practitioners uh, of traditional medicine. Okay, and so it's been a crime, yeah. uh, and of course you've had COVID coming in. You've had uh, <clears throat> different ministers coming in. Doctor Mukisa came, Doctor Johny M- left, Doctor Mukisa came, and now there's another one. And they, it doesn't become a priority uh, to 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 resolve, um, and and so that's part of the challenges. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's a council that the that, that you are saying needs to be uh, appointed in terms of uh, getting forward uh, after the term has expired. Okay. So, as African governments, do we? I mean, maybe some of us consider indigenous knowledge systems outdated, and maybe let's start in terms of what contributes to our mentality around that.
0: What What as South Africans we have never explored uh, is the effects of colonialism. I think we fought apartheid because it was harsh and very brutal, and we you had to fight and you know and defeat it. But we had never explored the effects of colonialism because it's very subtle. Um, and I think we have been the longest country in Africa that has been colonized, um, and and so we we think you know sometimes though we're black we think we're white we think like white people. Uh, and so things that are african we we don't think are you know so things that are indigenous, think they're all dated, we always want to look like black like Americans you know and uh and stuff like that so there's something about us uh, that then does not appreciate our africanness uh that us don't make us appreciate um you know ubuntu me mm. um uh, and and, and and so that's a challenge that we have. It's in the consciousness of the country, of the people, of the nation. It's beyond just an individual. So you become, when you talk this language, uh, you're trying to wake up someone who's in slumber and, and, and to remind them who they are in this life. You are dreaming. I'm not that person. So we have a challenge as a, as a nation and uh, 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 as, as we stand now. I think the era of Thabo administration of African Renaissance trying to wake us up to those realities, but are gone, uh, <clears throat> and the ANC is busy now with its politics of farmers and many other issues. So uh, I don't know who can lead us afresh um, and and remind us of those things.
1: Have there been any positives that have come out of the? Traditional Health Practitioners Act of 2004. It's been 14 years since it was passed.
0: I think. I think maybe on the research side, on other side, mm. is that the Department of Science and Innovation. I think are, are doing the best they can um, mm. under the circumstances. Because at least there's research going on. There's, there's, there's movement. Uh, there's the Indigenous Knowledge Systems Act that has been passed in 2019. Um, so on that front, and I think the department has kind of bigger plans uh, for research on traditional medicine and indigenous knowledge, our problem is with the Department of Health. Mm-hmm. And of course, you're, you're talking doctors, nurses, pharmacists who are entrenched in their ways, Western ways of doing things. and. Um, and so I don't think they see themselves uh, a department of health, you know, with the council for traditional healers. Maybe I think they think it's a, it's an insult to them and actually a service to humanity. And and so our public servants, you know, use these positions for their own views and feelings, not necessarily to serve the Constitution of South Africa, because the Constitution says people have a choice of a, a health, you know service provider, you know, uh, people have the rights to their counsel, um, but then you find uh, a department that does not necessarily want to see those rights through for the public, because uh, the majority of South Africans, black Africans, uh, utilize these services. It is their interest uh, that they have a council that ensure that the healers, <clears throat> are registered properly, they are credited and, and, and then people are no longer victims of scaremongers. Uh, people are no longer victims of people who could post us uh, for illegal abortions and things who are faceless. Mm. And so if you want to remove those things, uh, our boys every, every second season, seasons uh, are, <clears throat> are affected by workers. Uh, traditional circumcisers. So the council is very important, and um, you know, in the life of our yes. communities. Let's uh, just hold <clears>
1: that. Let's hold that thought there, Professor. We need to take a short break. We'll continue with our chat with Professor Ngaiba Kaleni.
0: Asanda better on SAFM. SAFM.
1: Head of Discipline of African Traditional Medicine at the University of KwaZulu-Natal, Professor Ngleba Kaleni, joins us and we continue with our chat on our wellness corner speaking about uh, the importance of uh, traditional medicines and uh, the, what what needs to be done then in the South African context in driving this agenda or understanding it. So, uh, Professor, uh, before we had to take a break there, you, you talk about our, as society, you know, how we are expecting that the healers that we are consulting are legitimate and are regulated, even with things around circumcision in our traditional practices. But it's not always <coughs> the case. You do also, though, touch on the the sector not having financial muscle of taking the health department to the constitutional court to compel it to do its work. However, touching on the creation of jobs from the sector at the same time, there's opportunity, which is quite much, unused land in rural areas and, and so forth. How do we drive this point, then, in changing our mindsets around making sure that traditional African medicine gets the important spotlight it deserves?
0: Thank you for, for mentioning its potential in job creation uh, <clears throat> and, and to, 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 to the economy. Uh, because uh, people think of traditional medicine as, you know, this brown bottle of Sminoff, you know, crate containing something or mm. uh, uh, some heads wrapped up in their uh, Sunday times and old Sunday times. or you you know, kwazulu Natal. So people think of traditional medicine in that kind of, in that way, and and they forget that it was created by colonialism and apartheid to look that way. If you understand what I'm saying, so uh, yes. we forget that aspect. Uh, that it was. How how do things grow? You invest in them. Uh, you create laws and policies to structure them and systems for them to grow. You don't just unfund it burn it, and, and then expect it on its own uh, that it will fly. No. But give, but the resilience of the system is that under all those circumstances it's still here. It still has the confidence of our people. It still creates jobs. I mean, the, the research we did was that uh, you can, it, uh, at the moment, it's probably uh, more than 400,000 jobs that are there in the system. But it's an informal sector, so you don't don't know how to measure how these things go. It probably creates about 20 million, billion rands mm. to the economy. Country. But because it's informality, you don't find companies like you know, Anglo-American that has annual reports and financial reports. So the, the, the information you glean, uh, but there's been work that was done by the Department of Environmental Affairs around the trade in, in medicines because that's their sale. And that's what they found, and that is gonna, you know, uh, change now with the legislation to cannabis uh, and grow. So, uh, <clears throat> and that, that that is important. And now, and WHO uh, in Africa is pushing because we learned during COVID um, that Africa is on its own. You know, maybe we sit in South Africa, we're comfortable. I mean, you will go to a country like Uganda and lend it during COVID. The the orders for test kits for COVID, uh, they are in a queue. The orders for PPEs for healthcare workers to look after people with COVID, the vaccines. African countries were snapped by the Western world. The Western world went to the front door of Johnson and Johnson, and just ordered even before things were manufactured. Mm. How do you, how do you, and, and so we still faced with that. What did Africa rely on? Africa relied on African traditional medicine. Uh, everyone thought Africa would be wiped out of this earth by COVID. It didn't. It didn't actually, the COVID numbers have remained low. Mm-hmm. The experience is that people have relied on traditional medicine. Yes. And right. so the call is that let's rather invest in the research and development of this system. Let's legislate this this system, and and support it because it it, it 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 holds the fiber of
1: society. Professor, uh, let's it leave it on easy. that note. We are out of time, but thanks again for your time, and uh, hopefully we can catch up on 31st August on that yeah. African tradition uh, traditional medicine day because these are conversations we need to continue.
0: Thank you very much.
1: Thank you, Professor Agneba Kaleni Head of Discipline of African Traditional Medicine at the University of KwaZulu-Natal in our wellness corner talking the importance of traditional African medicine.